0: Hey guys, welcome to Good Friday service. Uh, This is a special service. Uh, When we remember what Christ did for us, and what did He do? He redeemed us. He bought our salvation by dying on the cross for us, and we're remembering that. Um, It is a celebration, but it's kind of weird because I I totally get it. We call it Good Friday. Um, And why didn't we call it Awesome Friday or Incredible Friday? Well, what Jesus did was awesome and was incredible when he died on the cross, but it was mixed in with unimaginable suffering and pain and torture that he went through for me and you. And that's what we're gonna remember today. Um, But I wanna encourage you guys, at the end of my message, we're actually gonna partake in communion. So if you wanna get up and get all the, the stuff, you wanna get some bread, some crackers, Uh, Maybe some juice, you got some wine. If you just got Gatorade or fruit punch, go for it. I think that works as well. Uh, We're going to take that at the end of the message. Um, But like I said, it's a a weird thing. We call it Good Friday because of what Jesus did. But here's the main thing I want to tell you. The good in Good Friday is also me and you. It's the result of what Jesus did. And let's not forget that what Jesus did changed history. It changed the course of, of, of all, all the world, of all humanity. I, I mean, I think of another day that had such a huge impact. Think of another weekend as the death and resurrection of Jesus that had such an impact on this world. I, I, I don't think you can find another day. And that's why we're remembering that. And But here's the thing. Here's, here's why I think we are the good in the Good Friday. Um, I get it from Hebrews 12, and it says this. Uh, this is from the uh, New King James Version. It says, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, there's a lot there. Um, Typically, when I go through a verse, I'm gonna start from the first verse and go through the whole, uh, what I just read. But I'm gonna go backwards this time. I'm gonna start with the second verse because, well, it's Good Friday, and I wanna talk about the cross. And so, what does it say? It says this, that, uh, talking about Jesus, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. It says it very clear here that Jesus endured the cross and he despised the shame. And I, I hope you guys listened to uh, Chaplain Trevor's uh, message last week. It was incredible when he talked about what Jesus went through on the way of the cross and on the cross. He, he was reading from Psalm 22 about uh, even what he suffered, but also what he was thinking. And it, it was, I, I, I just encourage you guys, to go check it out. It was amazing. But he really went into, into depth of the pain that Jesus suffered, that he was whipped and tortured and bloodied, that um, at the end he was poked with a spear and water came out, water and blood came out, that he died of a broken heart, that there was shame, that he it wasn't like he uh, was overcome uh, or, or, or was victorious over the shame. No, he felt that shame. Remember Trevor's analogy that, Uh, What if you were stripped naked and left on that turnabout by by Leaky Leaky Highway and everyone saw you? That's what Jesus went through. He was stripped naked. The whole idea of crucifixion was to shame that person. And so he absolutely felt the shame. But here it says he endured the pain, he endured the cross, and he despised the shame. What is that all about? And actually, a better question is, how did he even do that? Well, it says it right here. Here's the answer. That it was the joy that was set before Him. Man, you got to remember that. You got to underline that, that, that joy that was set before Him. That's the reason why He endured the cross and despised the shame. Um, and, and what is that? You know, biblically from this scripture, it says, okay, Ultimately, because of what he did, he sat at the right hand of God. And so that was part of the joy, was that he was going to be with the Father and sit at his right hand, being King of all kings and Lord of all lords. But you have to know this, that that joy that was set before him was you and me, was our salvation, was turning the world upside down by buying us, by redeeming us, by setting us free from sin, that in one weekend, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, He conquered sin and death in our lives. That was the good, that was the joy that was set before Him. And here's here's proof. In John 17, Jesus said this prayer to the Father right before He was about to, to be crucified. He says this, He says to, to God, I am in them, and He's talking about uh, the disciples and, and believers and even future believers. He says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want the these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. You, Just in this verse alone, you can see Jesus' passion for you and me. He wanted the world to know that God loved you and I as much as He loved His only Son. I I think that's incredible. And, And here's what this verse is really saying in Hebrews 2. Here's the bottom line. That that suffering and shame for Jesus was secondary to the joy. That the joy was primary. And the pain, that was secondary. Despising the shame. And another word for despising the shame was that he discarded the shame, that he, he felt the shame, but it was secondary to the joy. Um, the way I can explain this is, and I know it might fa- sound stupid, but I love snowboarding. I've, I've been snow, I, I, I've gone snowboarding a couple times in my life. Uh, but here's the one thing that I've realized, realized about snowboarding. It's hard work, especially if you live in Hawaii, because why you have to, fly to the mainland and you have to do all the work and get all the gear and it takes a while. So the last time I went snowboarding was a while ago. You know, I flew all the way to LA and then I worked it out where, you know, I meet up with my friend. So uh, we, you know, we drove all the way up to Bakersfield in the middle of nowhere. I remember spending the night there and uh, getting all the gear, and waking up early, and and doing all this, putting it—I mean, it was a lot of hard work. I mean, I'm already two, two, three days in, trying just getting there. And then I remember, you know, we finally are driving to the mountain. I'm like, oh yes, we're going to go snowboarding. And I remember my friend saying, oh no, we got to go get, you know, those uh, those those uh, chains for the snow, the tires. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so, you know, we stopped at the mall and and there's no chains to be found. I remember we stopped at three or four places looking for chains. I'm like, are we ever going to go snowboarding? What's going on? Um, we finally found chains. We drove up. I mean, hours later, we finally get to the mountain and I'm, I'm like in my mind going, oh, we're finally here. I mean, this is a lot of work. I remember driving half up the mountain and my my, my friend pulls over the side of the road. He's like, we're going to put the chains on them. Oh man, you're kidding me. I get out of the car, it's freezing cold. I have to take my gloves. I don't know how to put these chains on. Uh, You know what I found out? He didn't know how to put the chains on. We didn't know what we're doing, and so we're doing all of this. We finally get the chains on. If you know anything about driving with chains, you can't drive very fast. It was slow moving. It took us hours to get to where we were. I I don't know if my friend even um, um, kind of timed it out. We only had a couple hours to snowboard. But here's the thing. I could have quit. I could have said, no, nah, let's not do this. I don't want to do, I'm going to do something else. But you know what, what the joy that was set before me? Fresh powder. <laughs> Snowboarding down a mountain and experiencing all of that. You know, I'm a Hawaii boy. I don't, I don't see snow all the time. So I was, that was the joy that, was set be- that, that kept me going up that mountain. I was like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to snowboard. I'm going to experience that. That was it. Think about Jesus. Think about everything that He endured, that pain, that suffering, that torture, being nailed to the cross, the shame of it. This first saying, that was all secondary to the joy that was set before Him. That was the thing that drove Him. What drove Him? You and me. We were His joy. I think that's pretty amazing. And then you guys know the story. Right at the end, right before he died, he said, it is finished. In my own words, he is basically saying, God, I did it. I, I, I completed the mission that you sent me on and salvation has come to this world. Joy to the world. Salvation is here. And I, I think it's, it's awesome that he said, it is finished. Because in reality, it was just the beginning for all of us that He set this new covenant. That's why they call it that. This new life that we get to live because of what He did on the cross for for us. And that's why I told you I was going to go backwards when I read Hebrews 2. That's why verse 1 is so important to you and me. And I'm going to read that Uh, again. It says in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want you to get one thing out of that whole thing, is that God has a race that's set before you. I think it's interesting that it's the same words of that the, there, uh, with Jesus, there was a joy that was set before him. Well, God is, is saying, I got a life ahead of you that I've planned out, that I'm setting before you. And it's really up to you if you want to grab a hold of it, if you want to run it, if you want to do and obey me and follow me and see what I can do in your life. He's saying, I have it set before you. And, then, and, and the writer here is encouraging us, to run with per- perseverance. Keep running, and here's the question, right? How do you run that race well, right? If we're gonna really take God up on His challenge, like run that race, how do you run it well? Well, it it really says it here. I mean, in, in Hebrews 12 too, in the beginning of it, it says looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I think this is huge because how do we run the race well that God has set before us? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus who died on the cross on this Good Friday. Look to what he did. And and, and really the sense of what the wording here is that you would intentionally look away from all the other things that you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, I like that. And you go, no, I'm not gonna look at that. I'm gonna focus on what? Focus on Jesus. And then the writer says this, and he gives Jesus two titles. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And I'm gonna be completely honest with you that when I was a young kid and when I heard that, you know, I heard this all the time, Jesus is the author and finisher uh, of your faith. And it's, it's an awesome saying and it sounds very Christian and it's like encouraging. I had no idea what that meant. I, I think I even said it to people. Like, don't forget, Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. And I didn't know what it meant. Um, you know, I kind of had an idea, you know, I had, you know, if you guys are, you know, Hobbit fans or Lord of the Rings fans, I always kind of imagine like uh, when Bilbo was writing, uh, once there was a Hobbit that lived in a hole and like, it's kind of like Jesus was writing my story. And I think it's a whole lot more than that, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, in my studies, um, there's a couple uh, uh, different ways you can say what author and finisher is. Uh, another way to say it is that Jesus is the starter and the completer of your faith. Even a better way to say it is, and this is the one I like, is that he's the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. I love this one because, well, I like it. It has two Ps. It's easy to remember. But he's the first. He's the pioneer. What is a pioneer? A pioneer is someone who, who paves new paths and that it's brand new. It's, 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 it's going someplace where nobody has gone before. And, you know, one of the... Um, I don't know if you guys watch The Passion um, when Easter time comes around, um, but I, you know, I, I used to watch it pretty regularly on, on, uh, during Good Friday and Easter. And one of my favorite uh, scenes in that movie, if, if you guys remember, is when Jesus was carrying his cross. He just got tortured and he's bloodied and he's, uh, it's, it's, it's ugly. He's carrying his cross and then he falls. The, cro- the weight of the cross is on him. And, and, and his mother Mary season. It starts running towards Jesus, trying to help him up. And then if you remember, what did he say to his his mother, Mary? He said this, see mother, I make all things new. Man, when I first saw that, actually even the second or third time I saw it, I'm bawling. I'm crying because man, that that was just a powerful moment. Now I'm going to say this for all you Bible nerds, This did not happen in the Bible. I know, don't email me, please. Um, I know this wasn't an actual event in the Bible, but here's the thing. I think it screams God's heart because God's heart was all about making things new. If you're reading the Old Testament in Isaiah, it says, I'm making things new. And and actually Jesus did say this in Revelation at the end, talking about the new heavens. But I I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, which talks about God making things new and Jesus making things new. It says this, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Guys, that's why I was bawling when I saw that scene, because I know that Jesus gave me a new life, that I'm a new creation. And that when he said that in that movie, I make all things new, he was saying it to me. He's making my life new. He's making your life new. And it became personal at that moment. And I I wanna wanna tell you guys, as Jesus as the pioneer of your faith, that's what he's doing, that he's marking a new path for you. And some of you guys are walking that path and congratulations, I love that. Some of you guys, maybe you're just walking your own path or you're walking or you're running the world's race. Maybe you're, you're running the rat race. Maybe you're running, and I'm going to be blunt here, maybe you're running a race that the enemy has handed to you that's full of pitfalls and and places where where you can stumble. Maybe some of you guys are running a race that's been handed to you by generations. And what I mean by that is maybe you had abusive parents and now you're kind of running that same race and you might become an abusive parent or you had alcoholism or drug addiction in your past and now you're running that race and that's been handed down to you. And here's the one thing I wanna tell you. As Jesus, as the pioneer of your faith, he's broken the chains off of that old race that you, you've been walking and is pioneering a new race for you. The race that God has set before you. And he's going, take it. I pioneered a, a new path. For you. I think this, this is amazing. This is the life that He wants for you. What, what about that perfecter, right? We said He's the, the pioneer and He's the perfecter. Well, the one thing I want to make sure that Jesus as the perfecter of your faith doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. It means that Jesus is the perfect example because He did it. He did God's mission here on earth by dying on the cross on this Good Friday. He went all the way. He said He said, it is finished. I did it. I won the victory. I think that's amazing and he to me that's why we keep our eyes on him because he's the he's the perfect model of it and I just wanted to remind you guys one of the greatest verses is the 2 Corinthians 12 there's Paul writing about his weaknesses and this is what Jesus said to him my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness that's why he's your your perfecter because he, you know what this race is not going to be easy the the, the race that God has set before you, it's not gonna be easy. There's gonna be obstacles, there's gonna be tough times, but here's the one thing that Jesus guarantees, He's gonna be with you. And He's not gonna only be with you, He's gonna help you. That's why He says, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, the Comforter and the Helper. I'm gonna fill in those gaps and my power is gonna be shown in those gaps in your weakness. That's why He's your perfecter. That's why He's your pioneer and your perfecter. I think it's pretty cool. I'm going to end with this and we're going to take communion. Think about this. For Jesus, on the way to the cross, dying on the cross, the joy set before him was us. But now in God's race, Jesus is the joy that is set before us. I love that, that it's switched. Now he's our joy and let him remain your joy. He's going to help you run this race. He's the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. I, I think that's amazing. And so right now, I hope you're ready. If not, you can go get ready. Go get. Uh, uh, we're going to go take communion right now. And it's going to be a powerful moment. And here's the one thing that I, I want to tell you about communion. And I, I think communion should always have this aspect. Thankfulness and gratitude and praise. When you take communion, it's an act of, Thank you, Jesus. And it's remembering. It's going. Oh yeah, that was, whoo, that was heavy. What you did. It's maybe you're imagining. Maybe you, you know you watch the Passion. go, Oh man, that's heavy. Wow, that was. You went through a lot, Jesus. And that's the reality of it. But what should come out of it is, wow, you did that for me. Oh man, that that's incredible. That you loved me so much. That 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 pain and that shame was secondary to the joy that was set before you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. There's, a, there's, a, there's an old Leland song. I don't know if you guys know who Leland is, but they write some incredible songs. But there's an old Leland song called Count Me In. And uh, I was listening it to this uh, this week, and I was like, oh, man, that's a great song. And the verse says this. It says, count me in. I'm amazed this love is for me, Lord. And what I got out of that is the fact that he's saying, count me in. He's, he's telling God, God, This race that you set before me, count me in. But what I get out of that is it wasn't, he's in on the race, not because he was guilted into it or he felt obligated or this is what I need to do. He's in the race because he's so grateful and amazed that Jesus would do that for him. That's what communion is all about. That when you take the bread, Right, They say the bread was, 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 uh, represents Jesus' body that was broken for you. That you would remember what he went through. That you would picture him on the cross getting speared and blood and water coming out and dying of a broken heart. And his body was broken for you. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that. And then you take the cup, wine or juice, or whatever you have. And that represents the blood. The blood that was shed every step of the way from when He was tortured all the way to the cross. And that represents that new covenant. I know it sounds weird and you might not understand everything, but it's that blood that washes you clean of all your sin. You don't have to understand it. You just got to kind of accept it in faith and go, oh, thank you, God, that that's possible, that I can actually enter into the throne room of God because I am cloaked in your righteousness, washed by your blood. I can stand in God's presence, not because of anything that I did or earned. It's because you bought it for me. You bought my salvation. You, I have a righteousness because of Jesus Christ. That's what communion is all about. And out of that is birth this thankfulness, God, you're awesome. Oh, count me in. So with that, we're gonna pray and bow our heads. And before we take the communion, I wanna say one prayer, and that's a salvation prayer. And if you wanna join me in that, well, let's do that. And what that is, is that you're gonna pray a prayer that's kinda like this, Jesus, I believe what you did on this good Friday. It's good because of what, the good that's going to happen to me. You did it for the forgiveness of my sins, to buy my freedom, that I can be reconciled to God, that I can have a relationship with him because of what you did on the cross for me. That Lord Jesus, I believe you rose again from the, from the grave three days later and conquered sin and death in one weekend in my life. And, and you just tell Jesus, Jesus, I believe that. And, b- and because, because you did that, I give you my life. Count me in, Jesus. Count me into the, the, into, the, into the race that you have set before me because you are the pioneer and perfecter of it. If you want that, if you want to say, Jesus, I want that, I want to become a born-again Christian, I want to be a follower of Jesus, well, say this prayer just as you would say it to Jesus himself. Just hitchhike off of my words. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you did. What we are are remembering on this Good Friday, that you died on the cross. And because you died on the cross, you set me free of sin. You forgave me through your blood. There's a new covenant. I am a new creation. Thank you that you rose again from the grave three days days later. And I rise with you a new person that have a new path, that have a new direction. Lord, because of that, I gave my life to you. Count me in, Jesus, because of your awesomeness, because of your ability to endure the cross, despise the shame, and go all the way and do it. Thank you for finishing your mission for me. I love you, my Lord and my Savior, in Jesus' precious name we all pray, amen. All right, well, with that, we're gonna take communion right now. And so um, grab the bread, I'm just gonna say another prayer as we take the, uh, the elements. Lord Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken. Gosh, I can't imagine what you went through, but you did it for me. And thank you for enduring it. Thank you that I'm your joy, that it represents my pain and my suffering and that you went through it to bring me healing by your stripes, I am healed. Thank you so much for that, Lord. I am so grateful for it. Thank you for for that. And as we take this bread, go for it. All right, <laughs> it's a little dry. Let's take the juice or wine or whatever you have. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for this juice or wine or whatever it is that represents that blood that was shed for me, that you willingly gave your life for me, that it represents a new covenant, that it forgives me of my sin and that bought my salvation. I thank you that this, your blood is working through me and renewing me every single day in, into that new creation. Or we remember what you did and we're so thankful for it. In Jesus' name. Ah, Well, I hope that was awesome for you. Have a great Good Friday. And you know what? Join us for our Easter services on Saturday and on Sunday as well. And hey, if you prayed that prayer of salvation for me, uh, with me, I want to encourage you. Text that number on the screen right now. We want to just let you know what your next steps. Please let us know because don't walk this life, uh, your new journey with Jesus alone. All right. Well, have a great week. Have a great uh, Easter weekend. God bless, guys.